Welcome to Seize Your Midlife, the podcast exclusively for midlife women. I'm your host, Bree Schumacher. We are going to dive into all the things from health and hormones to beauty and wellness. We'll be asking the question, what's my midlife purpose? And what am I going to do with the rest of my life? We'll also be interviewing women who've taken leaps or made U-turns in midlife. This conversation is going to be engaging, sometimes educational, a little bit funny, and always real. It is my sincere hope that you find your midlife purpose and lead your most fulfilling life. So join us on this journey to seize your midlife. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Seize Your Midlife. I am so glad you are here for today's conversation. So several years ago, my sister-in-law started doing Beachbody, and she had amazing results. And honestly, she's the most dedicated person I know. She literally gets up at 5 in the morning, even on the weekends, to do these workouts. And I knew she had a coach, but that's about all I knew. And then recently she said to me, hey, you know, my Beachbody coach has a podcast and it's really good. You might want to check it out. So I go check out this podcast and I'm like, oh, it is really good. And I look at this woman's website and I'm like, this woman is pretty darn amazing. And this amazing woman is here today. On the podcast, her name is Marion Wagner, and I'm just going to read her bio to you so you can get a little bit more information about her. Marion is a business mindset coach that specializes in helping online entrepreneurs create a six-figure game plan without needing a large following on social media. She is a former school psychologist turned multiple six-figure business owner in two different online industries. Marion teaches a combination of psychological and strategic approaches to take businesses to the next level. She runs Marion Wagner Coaching, and the great podcast I mentioned is called Get Out of Your Head and Grow Your Online Business. So welcome to Caesar Midlife, Marion. Oh, thanks for that great intro. I'm so excited to be here. Yay. I am excited to have you too. And you may not know this, but my very first question in all of the interviews is, how old are you? (laughs) I am 43. 43. And I always say it's only appropriate on a midlife podcast to have that be (laughs) the first question, right? And where are you right now? So we live in Castle Pines, Colorado, which is just outside Denver. Okay, in Denver. But you are originally from the Portland area, right? Yes, originally from Portland, Oregon. And you mentioned to me when we talked briefly before that something really heart-wrenching and tragic happened in your family when you were 15. What was that? Yeah, I mean, like a lot of like a lot of us, we have things that happen in our childhood that shape who we are today. And for me, that was my mom died in an accident when I was 15 years old and I had two younger sisters. So my life became trying to fill my mom's, my mom's shoes. 
uh, moving forward from that. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. And how did it shape your overall outlook on your life? You, you know, it's funny. I think any of us, I don't know anyone that hasn't had loss to some degree in their life. And I love Peter Crone's outlook on loss. And he lost his father when he was 17. And he always says, was it tragic or was I blessed to have such a great father for 17 years? And that's really how I frame my um, my mother dying was how lucky was I to have such an amazing mom for 15 years because so many people don't either have a mom or have such a great mom like I did. So it shapes my life, really. She taught me so much in her life and in her death. I think I frame pretty much everything in my life through this lens of gratitude. And it's funny, I was talking to my son this morning on the way to school, and I was telling him that I'm turning 44 in a few months, and that's the age my mom was when she died. And how we just, this life, we have the illusion of control. We don't know when our time is up. And all we can do is really wake up each morning with gratitude and purpose. Well, I love that you were able to take such a heartbreak, a lifelong heartbreak, really, and reframe it to a place of gratitude and probably also appreciation. So Mm -hmm. thank you for sharing that. And I know you said that because, you know, you had two young siblings, you know, you stayed home or close to home for college, but then you end up not only graduating college, but you end up going on and getting a master's degree. What was your master's in? So it's actually, yeah, so I stayed close to home. My father needed help. (laughs) So I went to college close to home and then um, I went on to become a school psychologist. So that's called an educational specialist degree. So it's like about six months or so shorter than a, um, a doctorate or so. So it's amazing for, yeah, (laughs) a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of years and a lot of student loans. (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh my gosh. Well, you end up moving to Colorado for the first time because it's not the last time you moved to Colorado, but for the first time. How did you end up moving out there for the first time? Oh gosh. So for the first time, I I met this guy in Oregon and it was a very quick kind of courtship. I don't know what else to call it. That makes me sound old, courtship. But it was. And um, I think we had only been dating for about four months or so. And he was moving to Denver and he asked me to marry him and we we moved to Denver. So that was very unlike me, but I was just kind of living in the moment, I guess. It was, it was also, I think, part of my, you know, when you reach a certain point in your life, before you get to your midlife, where you, for me, I'd been living my life so much for my sisters, for my father, making decisions that were, you know, not always what I wanted to do. And I think that was maybe something that I decided I'm doing this for me and I'm going to go explore. Well, and I bet that that experience of helping raise your siblings and everything probably did make you older and further along in your life emotionally than most people are when they're, you know, young and in their 20s or whatever. Okay, so you're out in Colorado Mm -hmm. and you start a blog. So why don't you tell everyone what that was about? Yeah. Yeah. So I was practicing as a school psychologist and I desired to have something that was my own, like on the side. And I'm sure a lot of, of your listeners who maybe have an entrepreneurial chip in them, can relate to just wanting something that 
is a side project that you can grow that's yours. So I decided to create a style blog. And let me tell you, I don't have the best style. I had no (laughs) business creating a style blog, but I really wanted to do something that would, you know, I'm, I'm an introvert. So it was really an exercise in putting myself out there. So yeah, so I created a blog. It was called Mary and Barry Style. And I just started like just failing forward and showing up and trying to figure it out as I went, really. Well, I love that. And first of all, I've seen pictures of your outfits and you you are very stylish. So I think give yourself more credit. Um, but you tell this story on your own podcast of standing on the street corner in Denver where you would like set up your tripod and like take pictures of yourself and like people would be walking by like looking at you like, oh my goodness. <laughs> I love that. And you also said that you would, you know, work on your blog. And I know from experience, blogs are so much work. You're like writing the content. You're editing the pictures. It's so laborious, really. And you said no one was really reading it. So why did you stick to it? Oh, it's so funny. Yeah. So going back to what you said about the pot, the, um, you know, going on the streets, I, we lived in downtown Denver and I would take my tripod and I didn't even have a timer. So I would go to the camera and I'd set it for 10 seconds and I'd, I'd run in my little high heels and try to pose like right at 10 seconds to take the photo. I probably looked hilarious, but I kept posting and I kept blogging because when I developed the blog, I, I just don't have that mindset of I'm going to post for a year. And if no one reads it, then I'll quit. That's not how my brain works. I knew that I was going to create a blog and no one, I knew no one would read it maybe for the first year or two, but I also just knew I'd figure it out. Like I knew I could see other people having success and growing and I'm like, okay, their success is proof that it's figure outable. I can, I can fail forward and, and, and grow it. And maybe just maybe I could get a few hundred people to read it. And I can create my own little community. And that's really what I what I was seeking was just like a community. Well, first of all, I just have to like pull out of that that you said figure outable because Marie Forleo, I don't know if you yes, know she's the Jewish, yes, says, that's everything is everything is figure outable. And it's so true. And that's gotta be like a new word in the English dictionary because I think everyone needs to know that. Like whatever you're doing, it's figure outable. So I love that. But Truth be told, the needle did move for you and your blog started taking off. But what do you think the reason was? Why did that change? Why were people all of a sudden reading your blog? So it took about a year and a half of posting on average four times a week, which like you said, blogging and anyone here that's had a blog, it's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of uh, dedication. and um, But after about a year and a half, I had like this aha moment where I realized I don't want to just, you know, people say success leaves clues, which is true, but me trying to fit in the mold of a typical style blogger wasn't working. I'm not a typical like style blogger. I don't have that same voice. I didn't have the same look. And so I thought I'm just going to write about what I want to write about and be my totally weird, quirky self (laughs) on my blog. And I just peeled back the layers. And the minute I just started being myself fully, it, it changed everything completely. And I went from, you know, a few, maybe thousand page views a month to 
100,000 to 250,000 uh, pretty quickly after about a year and a half to you know, that two-year mark. That's incredible. And I think so important to say, you know, the second you could use your own voice and not the voice that kind of like everyone else was using, that was the game changer for you. Because probably people who maybe aren't like the runway fashion people, people that are just the average, like you're going to Banana Republic fashion, could relate to you a lot more when you just became your own self. So, And you told me that like you ended up with sponsorships from like Nordstrom's and Wayfair and all these things. So that is just so incredible. Yeah, I couldn't believe it because I did I did not start a blog to make it a business, but it honestly it just kind of, you know, they say leap in the net appears, the, the path will unfold. And that's really what I did is I took action first. And then all of a sudden, this path just presented itself after a few months and I kept looking for opportunity and then it grew. And soon, yeah, I had, I was so lucky and, and blessed to have partnerships like Adidas and Wayfair. And the blog was making more money than I was earning at my psychologist job. That's just crazy. And I think it's a perfect example of that like just better done than perfect because if you would have sat there fussing about like your camera set up and like all the things, (laughs) you would have been paralyzed, right? Like it's just do it and then you'll figure it out later and you did. So that's amazing. But through this, you're still working full time. Mm -hmm. You're married. And then you have a son. Cooper joins your life. So how on earth were you doing it all? I don't know. No. Um, I think, you know, you just figure it out and you just show up. And I was working full-time still taking care of Cooper and I didn't have a lot of help with the mom (laughs) side of things. And so I'm not going to try to sugarcoat it. It was really, really difficult. And Cooper was colicky. So (laughs) extremely colicky. And so that was, I would say that was a really, really challenging first six months. That was, that was hard. So I didn't do it perfectly or well, but I, I still showed up. Yes. Survival mode. And it sounds like that's that's what a lot of moms can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you're doing your blog, your school psychologist, your mom, your all these things, and then you kind of get uprooted and you're moving to Las Vegas. So what was that transition like for you personally? So my my husband, my then husband, Cooper's dad, got a job in Las Vegas and I didn't want to go. No offense to anyone that loves Las Vegas, but it wasn't, I mean, I'm an Oregon girl, so I'm used to green and rain and it's just like the opposite of it. And I didn't know how to fit in in Las Vegas. I tried really hard, but it just wasn't, I didn't, it never felt like home, but They also have one of the largest school districts in the United States. There's only one school district in Las Vegas. So I started as a school psychologist there and it was completely different. It was very litigious and I just ended up kind of like office space, that movie where you're doing Mm -hmm. TPS reports. I was just staring at a computer all day long in a converted uh, janitor's closet, which was my office. And that was hard. (laughs) It sounds rather life-sucking, to be honest. It It sounds pretty brutal. But you had been a college athlete, and you'd always kind of cared about fitness and everything. And I think anyone who's had a baby knows that, and then it's that kind of slow transition back to yourself, right? And so you're Mm -hmm. like, okay, I want to get fit again. I want to find myself again. And so you find this gym, and you 
you know, you go to the gym, you check Cooper into the daycare, and as you're like on the treadmill, you look up and you see him on the camera. And why was that such a defining moment for you? That was so big for me because Cooper was in daycare all day long while I was working. And then I had just picked him up and put him in the gym daycare. And here I was making this effort because, you know, trying to get back in shape and find me again and, you know, get my energy going. And I just saw him on that screen and I just couldn't, it felt so out of alignment for me. I could not fight the feeling that I just, I walked off the treadmill and I went downstairs and I checked him out and I drove home. And that was, that was the most expensive gym membership I ever had because it was a (laughs) two-year contract and I went one time. Oh my gosh. But like, I think that is the just difficult thing about being a parent and also trying to take care of yourself, right? That is so hard. Okay, so at this time, I think you said it was your brother tells you about P90X, and I'm sure we've all seen the commercials. Okay, so <laughs> what what is this whole P90X thing? Yeah, my brother, he's he's a very busy tax attorney with Amazon. He doesn't have any free time. And he was telling me he lost 30 pounds with this program called P90X, and he does it at home. And it sounded intimidating and it also sounded old school. Like the idea of like a home workout felt like, I don't know, Tybo or Richard Simmons. I didn't know, (laughs) but I I thought, well, Marion, what you're doing isn't working. So just keep an open mind. So I ordered it and I, I remember vividly pushing play at, on my first workout and I was blown away. I was so I was so happy afterwards because I felt like I can do this before Cooper wakes up in the morning and I've already filled my cup. Like I I can pour better into everything else during, during the day. Oh God, that, I think like, hold on to that. Like if you pour your cup first, you can pour better into everybody else's. That is such wisdom. And I love also the visual of like your DVD set (laughs) because that's what it was back then, right? Like the DVD set. So it sounds like kind of right off the bat, you were like, oh my gosh, I absolutely love this. I'm going to be a coach, right? Like what was the span between you doing this first video and you signing up to be a coach? Oh, it's so funny because I didn't understand that coaching was a business, (laughs) just like blogging. I'm like, oh, this sounds like to be in alignment with what I should do. And after my third workout with the P90X3 program, I was like, I I need other women to know about this. Other moms have to know this is an option. And I wanted, again, the community because I was alone in Las Vegas. I did not, I didn't have any friends yet. And so I thought, well, the online world has always been a place for friends for me. So I'm going to create a group and other moms are going to join and we're going to do this workout together. So I saw other people calling themselves coaches. So I just signed up to become a coach. I didn't know what I was doing. And then I put together my first challenge group. And and I think I had like four or five women join me, some good friends that joined me. And it was, the rest is history. I love it. Well, so just so everyone knows, P90X was part of the Beachbody umbrella. And so you became a Beachbody coach. And okay, so you've got your like your teacher friends, right? They've like joined your new group. And it starts out small, 
but yes. it kind of snowballs. How how did that happen? I <laughs> again, I think it's just I had learned through the style blog just to be myself and just to share my honest thoughts and my heart and my excitement for what I was doing because I was getting results and I was truly just I was truly feeling hopeful for the first time in what felt like a long time for me personally. It's it's funny. I once I started feeling better, I started just being better during the day and having more hope and excitement and I think that just naturally resonates when someone who maybe is, you know, I talked to a lot of new moms and so maybe they're feeling my before and they're like, "Okay, how can I join? Because I want some of this. And yeah, come join us. Like there's, there's like 10 of us in this group now come join us. And so it became just a really supportive, happy little online place for women. Love that. But during all of this, you're still working full time and you're, you've still got your blog and you've got your son. So you've got so much going on. And at some point you're like, you know what? I can't do it. I can't do it all because the truth is nobody can do it all. So something had to give. What yes. was that? So something had to give. I I had to slowly tap the brakes and retire the style blog, even though it, you know, looking back, I don't know that that was the right choice. It, was, it wasn't the choice that I would have made if it was just me. So looking back, I, I regret it a little bit. Just to be honest, I think it's okay to have regrets. But everything always works out. And I decided to go full board with coaching. And once my coaching income, I hit six figures within that first year in the coaching position. So then I made the decision to retire as a school psychologist so I could be home with my son. So I took him out of daycare. Wow. I mean, I think, yes, there is not, I think, a single person listening that isn't like, oh, if I would have stuck with that thing or yeah, I'm yeah. sad that I let it go. And I totally understand that because I think I told you that my blog that I had spent years building yes. oh disappeared gosh. because of technology. And I still to this day feel like a gut-like punch when I when I think about it. So I can totally appreciate and understand that piece, but it's kind of like all of these things kind of fell into place. But at the same time that your coaching business is really taking off, your marriage ends, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, that was. It's funny when you start to really take care of yourself, how you think it's just physical, but it's really your mind and body connection as one. And I, even though here I am, like I'm a psychologist working in schools, and yet. I had never really done my own self-reflection type work. And I struggled a lot, like I'm sure a lot of women can relate with my own self-worth and what I felt I was worthy of. And as I grew um, as a coach and just as a mom and as a woman, I just had this, I called a lightning bolt moment where I had this lightning bolt moment that I realized I am worthy of a lot more than I'm settling is what it came down to. And I'm worthy of a lot more. And my son is worthy of more. So the ended the marriage and then Cooper, my son and I moved back to my hometown of Portland, Oregon. Wow. And I think that that's a really important thing to grab on to from what you said. And that's that like when you feel stronger physically, 
and you feel better about yourself, you can care better for yourself emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I think that everybody has those moments of being like, I don't feel worthy or whatever. And, you know, yeah. that's amazing that you were able to get that strength and that clarity to go, you know what, there's more for me in this emotional space than this marriage. And so you're killing it at Beachbody. I mean, the fact that in one year you have a six-figure income is incredible. But still, you you said, you know, you ended up sleeping for a while on your in your friend's basement on a mattress with Cooper. So what was that about? Yeah. So when we moved back to Portland, I just wanted to be with people that I, I love. And Cooper and I moved into our, my friend's basement who had an air mattress and just they just their energy. I just needed to be around them. And, you know, yeah, we could have quickly gotten an apartment or quickly, you know, just stayed at a hotel, but it felt like the right move. And it was perfect for us at the time. And it allowed us to find the right home to move into. And yeah, that, that was, it was, it was also kind of a very low point to me, just to be honest, because no one imagines being, I think I was what, 33 and a single mom divorced, sleeping on an air mattress. Like that, right. that, is not, yeah, that is not an image that one aspires to. But at the same time, I also felt very happy. It's so funny. I felt free. I felt hopeful. And I knew this is just one of those little, little seasons in your life that it's going to lead you to the next one and it was going to be okay. Yeah. And I think, you know, knowing my friends who've come out of marriages that needed to end, that that feeling of being free, even though they're stepping into something maybe harder or more challenging, that that was such a core value. And it sounds like that, like in that moment, you're, you know, on the air mattress, but you're like, I feel free. Like, I feel like the possibilities are all there. So that's so powerful. Okay. So your group that you form at Beachbody, you have this clever name called Pivots um, <laughs> that you said was from the Friends episode, which I love. But was it kind of your plan to be like, oh, I'm going to create this big group, this big team, and everyone's going to join it? It doesn't sound like it. I would say yes and no. I mean, I knew that I wanted, when I realized you could build a team and have other women also become coaches and we could support one another and grow, that excited me because. I know the possibilities in the online space for growing a business that creates freedom and joy for for women. And you can still be home with your kids. You can still do things that you love to do. So yeah, I almost felt like this happened by accident at the beginning. But then once I realized the potential, I immediately got very excited about growing the team And it just grew with all these just amazing, I mean, literally the most amazing women joined this team. And yeah, we were called Team Pivot from the Friends episode with Ross and the couch and the pivot. But we just had so much fun together. And we had several women that, you know, retired from their jobs and were able to go home and be with their kids and accomplish amazing, you know, buy vacation homes for their family and like do all kinds of amazing things because they kind of pursued the same path. That's just incredible and and frankly kind of kind of crazy because you said something that like 2000 women end up kind of being, you know, 
below you in this in this group in this team, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. a little bit, a little over two thousand. And that you, your team, Team Pivot, ends up being twenty fifth in the Beachbody organization, which is incredible. Yeah, which is mind blowing to me. Yeah, that was never something that we actually pursued. That just kind of happened, and I was like, oh, how did that happen? It's crazy. And I think just to give people some perspective, I looked it up and, you know, Beachbody merged with a couple different companies. And in that merge, they did the, you know, the business valuation of Beachbody and it was over $2 billion. So to be number 25 in an organization like that, like holy buckets, like that is really (laughs) cool. And something you said to me that, that hasn't come up yet is that when you started this, and even when you started forming this team and you had this mission of growing this team and this group, you never were like, I'm going to make a ton of money. Or, you know, it was never about income for you. No, it it's funny because that's the same way with blogging and that's the same way with, with coaching. And that's how I approach my my business now is it really is about leading with why I was passionate about in the first place. And so when I was with Beachbody, it was really about just sharing the excitement. I wanted other women to feel the hope that in so many ways saved my life. And I knew, I mean, that's what I wanted to share. And I think that money follows that passion. I love that. Melody, that's my mom. She has literally told me from day one, do what you love and the money will follow. So you just like said that. You just gave Mel's advice right there. (laughs) Do what you love and the money will follow. But truth be told, you know, when you think of like network marketing or an MLM, which is what Beachbody really is. Yeah. I got to be honest, like many people, most people are not super successful. They cannot quit their, you know, full-time jobs. They cannot – by beach houses and all these things. Yeah. So what was your secret sauce, especially when you weren't like, I'm going to get all the money? Like, <laughs> was it the community? Like, what was it, do you think? So it's funny because I work now as a business mindset coach with a lot of people in network marketing. And what I see as a huge hurdle for network marketers and why I think MLMs, network marketing get a bad rap is because a lot of people – they kind of do it the icky way. They lead with themselves. And anytime in any business, whatever whatever business you're talking about, if you're leading with yourself and your ego and what you want, it's a losing recipe. And you really truly have to come from it from a place of serving and offering a solution to a problem. And you can't invent the problem for someone. If someone's not a good fit, you can't try to convince them that this is the best fit. So I don't know if there's a secret sauce ex- except to say that I never on the on our team we never sent the hey girl <laughs> messages like the you know DMs to cold market we never it was really about building community and sharing passion and I think a transference of belief and the Beachbody products those are just tools right those are kind of those are just in the background but really what we were presenting was the this group that we were growing what we call the challenge group and that we wanted people to have the opportunity to join. And it's really just opening a door for people. And if they choose to walk in, we're going to love on them and help them. And that's that's what we led with. And I think that everyone listening, I mean, I don't think there's a single woman listening that hasn't gotten the like, hey girl email or the like, 
come to the party, whatever. And there is something a little bit like prickly about it where you're like, e, you know, you feel awkward because it's your friend and whatever. But I think instead when you see somebody living their authentic self and you see them getting better and more invested in themselves and living out loud and all of these things, then you're kind of more like, what is she doing? And I want to know more about it. And so I can understand that kind of like you're just putting it out there and it's organically happening not only for you, but then the women that were working with you. And so then more and more women are like, well, I want to be part of that. And I think the other piece is that women are hungry for connection and community. And you laid a platform for that. Like you weren't just like, we're going to work out. You're also like, we're going to build friendships and we're going to build a place where people are going to come and they're going to feel connected. Yes, exactly. It's the best thing within our group. When I have challengers who live in different states and they'll be like, oh, you know, I I just came to Nashville and I met up with so-and-so in the group and we had lunch and they'll take a photo together. And they they were complete strangers just six months ago. And now, I mean, they're friends. It's just, that's beautiful to me. That is beautiful. I, I absolutely, absolutely love that. Okay, so to back up a little bit in your story. So sometime between like building this killer business and sleeping on your friend's air mattress, (laughs) you fall in love. What happens with that? What's that story? So I should say the air mattress only happened for like two Maybe maybe a month and a half. Okay, it's not <laughs> so, like you're like years. Like <laughs> no, because no. um, I had to go buy a car. It was it was a whole, but it was a fun season. But yes, so it's funny when I lived in Denver, we'd lived in a high rise building, and it had a personal trainer that would post classes four times a week. And I would go to these classes, and there was a group of us that went, and one of them there was this this man named Troy and we were friends. But when I first saw him, I'll just say this. When I first made eye contact with Troy, it was kind of a very unsettling moment because I I, I looked at him and he looked at me and I felt like the earth just fell out from underneath me. There was, I've never had that feeling before. In fact, I called my brother after that class and I said, Damien, I'm very close to my brother. I said, Damien, there's this guy that I just, you know, I just saw him and we looked at each other and I feel like I know him. I don't know. It's, it feels weird. And my brother was like, you need to pursue this. But of course I didn't because I was in a relationship, but long story short, uh, Troy and I were friends for, I mean, six years. And, and then when I was in Portland, newly divorced and and whatnot, he was still single and he reached out and he's a little older than me and he was just making sure I was okay. And it happened very quickly with him because we both, he, I mean, he had that same feeling when he first saw me. So. <laughs> well, I love your story that you told me about him being at like the the hairdresser or the barber or something. And they were like, <laughs> why are you still single? And he was like, cause I'm looking for somebody like her, and it was you. It was your, your picture. Yes. It was like he was holding out for you for six years. <laughs> yes. His hairdresser was like, why are you still single? Because he's a catch, let me tell you. And and he's like, well, she's like, who do you want? He's like, I want her. And he showed my Facebook picture. So uh, 
It's funny. Yeah. I love it. It's beautiful. And I think it's kind of that whole thing of like, you know, life can come around and and wind and be this like crazy crooked path, yeah. you know, but that ultimately you can, you know, get where you were meant to be, which it seems like in building this life with Troy. So you and Cooper end up like packing up your stuff in Portland and moving out to Colorado, right? <laughs> yes. Yes, we we were in Portland for about a year and we moved, you know, and, and Troy would come out to Portland and, and then we just decided we were gonna start together as a as a family in, in Denver. So we moved moved back. I love that. So you know you're back in Denver and you decide to pivot once again. So what what does that look like? So as you can tell by now, I'm a huge believer in trusting your intuition and really tapping into what feels in alignment with you and yourself. And after, you know, at this point here, I've been a coach for several, several years, and I'd helped hundreds of women grow their online business uh, very successfully. And yet I also had this psychology background that I saw this big gap in the online market where so many capable women were employing these strategies to grow an online business, but they didn't have the mindset, the belief, the confidence, those tools to really make things happen. And in order to be successful in any business, but primarily what I can speak on is the online business, you need an armor that is thick and you need skills and confidence and belief to back everything up. The strategy alone isn't enough. So you start your new company and what is your company called? So it's very imaginative. It's Marion <laughs> Marion Wagner Coaching and it's business mindset coaching where it's 50% psychology and 50% strategy. Awesome cuz then you're still bringing in that that psychology background you we worked so hard yes. for and paid so much money for, right? right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, how do you feel like making this pivot a kind of again, right? And starting a new business and kind of going into being like, okay, it's a little bit different than just having, you know, your online business. How has that helped you grow personally? I think I it's so funny because I was just talking to someone about this the other day how our path our broken road, so to speak, it leads us, it's always leading us in the direction that we're meant to go. I really believe that. I believe I was meant to go to Denver to meet Troy. I was meant to be in that other relationship to have Cooper. And I believe that I was meant to have the background in psychology and my experiences with the online business space, with the blog and coaching because I was meant to be doing what I'm doing now, which is truly having this, this experience and this knowledge background to help people grow their online business. It's not my, my coaching is not something where I read about it in a book, right? Or I watched other people. I walked the walk. I've failed many times. And so I feel like that's invaluable for what I'm doing today. I love that. And you are absolutely right about your path leading you where you're you're meant to be, especially if you're open to it. Yeah. So are you still having your Beachbody business then? So I have it open, but um, I'll be closing my challenge group at the end of this. I think we're actually closing the end of this month. It's just not something that's in alignment with what I'm doing anymore. So after, gosh, nine years, <laughs> I'm really, um, I'm moving on. 
but you will still get residual income from all the hard work, all those nine years, right? Yes. That, I mean, that's the beauty in a lot of business models, not just network marketing, but that is when you put in the effort, the hard work, and you build something, whether it's a product, digital, physical, or otherwise, then you, yes, I will still gather an income from it, which is amazing. I mean, I think that's kind of the dream, right? Like the residual income, you're going to stop doing all the like hard sweat labor about it and you're still going to get paid for all those years. And that that's beautiful. And I think anyone that goes into network marketing or an MLM, like that's their dream. But like you said, that's the dream no matter, you know, what field you're in. So seriously, kudos to you. That's incredible. <laughs> um, but let's back up a minute, back to your love story. So um, <laughs> Troy had never married and he had never had kids. And so the two of you decide that you are going to build a family together and you really want to add to your family. But it sounds like it's it wasn't an easy road for you. Can you just talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So like a lot of people, we were struggling to um, get pregnant and we couldn't understand why we'd been trying for a couple of years. And then we did all these tests and they diagnosed us with unexplained infertility, which is it's like, okay, what do we do with that? But we decided to try infertility treatment. So we started with six rounds of IUI, which is for those who are who don't know, it's more like um, a less invasive. You do some shots, but it's less invasive than IVF. But that didn't work. So we attempted IVF and the first time and we actually got pregnant. Uh, but then we miscarried a little baby girl about around the second trimester, which was absolutely heartbreaking. And we decided to try IVF again. And that one we learned on the day that the quarantine hit like everyone and lockdowns happened. We learned on that same day that it was unsuccessful. It was March in 2020. We just went into grieving mode and we kind of also moved into acceptance mode that we weren't, we just weren't going to have a, a baby. Oh, well, and I just know like there are many women listening that can like feel your heartache because it's, something that a lot of women unfortunately go through and I can imagine the deep grieving but somehow unexpectedly at 43 <laughs> you found yourself pregnant not as a result of IVF or IU whatever yeah it was a natural pregnancy right yes oh my goodness here I was it was around Christmas time I'm like drinking red wine <laughs> you know with my family and having a good old time and then in January, yeah, it was just, I felt off and I'm like, Oh my God, could I be pregnant? No, you're delusional. That's, you know, at this point being 43 years old, I was like, that is, that ship has sailed. But yeah, it was, I went, my, my best friend, who's also the top coach in, in the Beachbody team, she was like a nurse and she's like, you take a pregnancy test. I took one and I, so I showed it to her. It's a faint line. Does that count? She's like, you're pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. So yeah, crazy. Well, I can imagine though, after everything you went through, did you feel really nervous when you first found out or how did you handle that? Yeah. I mean, I think any woman that's dealt with, if you've had a miscarriage or loss or just anything, 
we found out that we lost our our first baby girl from the IVF during an ultrasound where we went in and she wasn't moving. So it was very, very, very difficult. So every ultrasound that we've gone to has been, there's been some, there's definitely been some anxiety and some heightened um, nerves and fears, but now we're officially 23 weeks as you and I are talking and I feel her kicking and it just feels like, I feel so hopeful that everything's going to work out. Oh, I'm just so happy for you. That is just Thank like you. such an awesome story. I absolutely love it. And I just imagine, so Cooper's nine now, like, does this yeah. feel like you're a new mom? Like, does it feel like you're doing it all over again for the first time? Oh, yes. I, I There's more products on the market that I don't remember <laughs> when Cooper was a baby that I'm like, wait, do I need, I don't think I need this. This is overwhelming. But it's funny though, because when you brought up Cooper just now, I was just telling him this morning about my my age and how I told you that I was gonna be the age that my mom was when when she died soon, and we were having a conversation about it. And I told him, "But we're bringing your baby sister into the world at the same time that it was around like one month difference from when my mom died, like wow. age wise." So it just feels, I don't know, full circle. I don't even know what the right Mm-hmm. word is to describe it just maybe surreal or just yeah it's almost it, like a gift for your mom yeah yeah it's yeah that is beautiful well you will have to keep us all posted when you have baby news because <laughs> that is amazing i love that you are in like midlife having oh, a totally. baby <laughs> that's amazing okay i remember when my mom actually had my little brother at 42 so I remember even when he, she was pregnant with my sister at 40, I was like, oh my God, I'm so embarrassed because my mom's so old, right? Like this is mortifying because I was a teenager, right? Like, oh my gosh. But it's so funny because now I'm like, oh my God, like, girl, you look amazing. Like, it just feels like times have changed. And also back then, I don't know if you remember, but when people would like turn 40, they'd be like, oh my God, over the hill. Like you're, yes. you're over the hill, right? But now I'm like, oh my gosh, you're not over the hill. You're like on top of the gosh darn mountain. Like you're there. You've like, your whole life has led to this like pinnacle. And especially when I hear your story and just like, you know, leaving your hard marriage, like becoming a single mom, you know, navigating all these things. And then here you are, you are 43. You are in a love-filled marriage. You have a business you are excited about. You have a podcast that you're like kicking booty on. You are at the top of the Gosh darn mountain. So what does that feel like for you? I don't know if I have the words for it. It's unbelievable because I feel like my 40s are my favorite. I feel so much more confident and I I feel like I know who I am way more. I wish I could go back in time and talk to that 25 or that 30-year-old and just reassure her, number one, like tell her to recognize her worth and believe in herself and believe that she deserves more and to take more risks and go for it. Because now in my forties, I feel like I take risks all the time and I put myself out there because I feel like I know it's always going to work out. And I love, I love this decade and I'm, I'm just so grateful to be where I am. I love that because I think something that a lot of people kind of face down their forties with a sense of dread, right? Like, you know, you're getting older, your body's changing, like, 
you know, uh, there's this kind of dread. But I think that, you know, where you're at and what you're saying is that like the 40s can be this place of hope and energy and excitement, but with the wisdom and the knowledge and all the things that you gather from your 20s and 30s. And so I think yeah. if people can think about their 40s as like, gosh, like I'm headed like on this other side of the mountain and it's all the exciting things. I think people can reframe the way that they think about 40s. And I I mean, you may be the first person I've ever heard say the 40s are their favorite. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I love that. So thank you for that. <laughs> okay. So you know, you have this psychology background. You have this business background. What wisdom do you want to share with the women that are listening? Gosh, I think it really goes down to two things. Number one, I've said it before, but I just feel like it's so important. I see so many incredible women that deny, ignore, or suppress recognizing their self-worth. And that leads to them settling in aspects of their life that if they were watching their child make those same decisions and settle, they would be concerned, but yet somehow it's okay for them to settle for things that are less than what they deserve. And so I think that's it is like your midlife is maybe just like the, the beginning of your true awakening where you can really look around you with all this knowledge and experience that you have and realize, wow, I am damn capable. And I am, I am worthy of so much more. And I, if I expect more from myself, I can expect more from others around me and the universe. I love that. You're so right. And I say a similar sentiment in this episode I did on mom guilt that like, Mm -hmm. you're the number one role model for your kids. And so you should be taking care of yourself because you want your kids to take care of themselves and to step into their greatness. So Oh, I am so grateful to get to know you a little more, and I'm sure everyone has loved your story. But if they want to find out more about you, about your coaching business, or listen to your podcast, where can they find you? Oh, I would love to connect and be friends. We can you can find me over on Instagram um, at Marion Wagner Coaching, or yeah, my podcast is called Get Out of Your Head and Grow Your Online Business. And you can also just find me online. Um, My website is marionwagnercoaching.com. And this has been so much fun, Brie. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. I'm so glad you came. And thanks to April for hooking us up. Absolutely. (laughs) For making the connection. Oh, my gosh. And thanks so much to all of you for also being here and being part of the Seize Your Midlife community. It is so incredible to know that you listen every week. So thank you. Have a beautiful day. If you get a moment, go ahead and rate the podcast, tell a friend, or better yet, leave a review. These things help more women find the podcast. And the more women that find the podcast, the larger and more full this conversation will be. Thanks so much, friends. (laughs) 